Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. Listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Fantasy Best Friends Forever. This is the Fantasy Best Friends Forever here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Alongside Frankie Stample, I am Greg Sussman. Frankie, what's going on, buddy? Hey, not much. Monday Night Football in the books. Week 12 is in the books. On to week 13. For most, the final week of the regular season where this could decide whether or not you make the fantasy playoffs or not. I know that we're in that position as well. Myself, you, and Michael Florio on Team BFF that we share together. So uh, it's crunch time. It's crunch time for the waiver wire and setting those lineups, Greggy. It certainly is, Frankie. We have everything on the line this week. And if you still need help on the waiver wire, well, we're here to help you do just that. We'll go over the waiver wire as we do each and every Tuesday. And listen, there's uh, there's cool guys out there that are going to help you. You're going to... You're gonna, let go of the bank because what do you need it for at this point? We'll talk about some strategy. We'll talk about who you want to go after. And uh, I want to start, though, before we get into that, with a question. What's your question, Greg? Does Lamar Miller suck? <laughs> How does it feel to know that you and Corey together have become the poster child for whenever Lamar Miller does anything good, anything, you two are the first ones to get hit up? Yeah. How does it feel? How many, got, tweets, how many tweets did you get last night? A lot. <laughs> Literally. There's Greg, Mar- uh, Greg Martinez 14 hours ago. Yeah. Does Lamar Miller still suck? There's Carl Anderson. Lamar Miller is something to say. <laughs> I mean, you, you deserve know, it. Sample when you that. say, yeah. you know, maybe you should talk to uh, Joe Tessitore and find out whether or not uh, Lamar Miller sucks. <laughs> Joe Tessitore does not think Lamar Miller sucks. Yeah. Uh, if, if I don't know if Chrissy Bones is around or if, if that play call is still up, if you want to play that Lamar Miller call, because... I missed, I wasn't watching the game live at first. I missed the first quarter. I was out playing basketball, Greg. It's, you know, it's the only cardio I get nowadays. It's good. So I missed the first quarter. I, I missed the touchdown run. And I'm watching it back on my phone, and the person I'm with was like, is that wrestling? <laughs> they legit thought that it was like Jim Ross from back in the day. That's how yeah. crazy Joe Tessitore goes. And I know that's like a common topic for Gabe. I mean, it's, it's pretty out there. That call's pretty out there. Yeah. Are, you, are you on the side of you support Tessator in his... I like your, I I like your Tessator. In his exuberance. Listen, he's much better than Sean McDonough, who is boring as hell. He was. Um, but the that, thing is, like, you, you, you kind of need that happy medium, no? Like, you, 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 a little over the top. You can. And, I, I like Tessator because I like Gus Johnson. I like all those types of announcers, more so than a Jim Nance, I guess. Um, so I like Tess. I do. But... But Nance, to me, reminds me of, like, the happy medium, isn't he? That's why I brought it up. Yeah. Because I like him more no, than because Nance. McDonough was, like, too boring. boring. Yeah, uh, he, that's why. I mean, Joe Buck's are happy medium also. Like Joe Buck used to be super boring, and he now does he does a good job. I just kind of hate his voice. And it's also you're at the point where like you hear Joe Buck, you hear Jim Nance, you know it's a big game. Like we're not there with Joe, Tess, Joe Tessitore yet. Same with Al Michaels, obviously. Um, Lamar Miller. Speaking of Joe Tessitore, here he is. Get out of the hole. 
That's my favorite part. That was it. That's my favorite part. When you hear 97 yards of glory in a regular season game between the Texans <laughs> and the Titans. To me, on, like, none of that call was was like super outrageous as you built it up and as Venture built it up until the end. 97, 97 yards of glory. Of glory. He broke that team in half. Oh, and my God. I didn't God. get JR from it, man. I didn't get it. <laughs> I like Tess. I watched zero, oh. min- I watched zero minutes of this game last night. I was not interested. Do you think Jason Witten is getting better? I do. Yeah, I mean, people are really hard on him. They're really hard on him. It's all his first year on the job. Like, yeah. I know, look, a lot of people's um, attack on Jason Witten is that there are a lot of people that can do the job better than him. That there's people that are more qualified. Yeah, 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 for sure. Like, all right, you're not wrong about that, but it's his first year on the job. Give you know, give him a shot. He's let's trying. See, let's see. He's what he improving. Does. Yeah. He's improving. Um, not everyone's Tony totally Romo right away. No, they're not. They're absolutely not. Now, that's Miller. a weekly uh, announcing update. So we, I, I could do, I could do an entire show. Yeah, I, no. I probably, I probably you should, should probably start like your own like announcing podcast. I probably right? should work for awful announcing. Realistically, <laughs> I did apply for a job there once. I never heard back, but nevertheless, you want me to. Uh, Put in the good word? Yeah. The game is friends with Ken Fang, so. You want me to find out what's going on over there? Yeah. Lamar Miller has 773 rushing yards and three touchdowns this year, so not a great stat line by any means. Lamar really does suck. He really does. <laughs> Where does he... Where's I don't know. I, where does he rank amongst like running backs this year? Because obviously I don't own him anywhere. Like I took your advice, Greg. He sucks, so I didn't draft him. I mean, look, hang on. I'm looking at half-point PPR. That's okay with you? Yep. In the half, we're looking at uh, points per game. Uh, I was just looking at overall. We're cumulative. Are you cumulative now because everybody has the same amount. Lamar Miller, <laughs> the top twenty, he's top twenty-four running. Yeah, back, he's right? twenty-one, I believe, overall. If I, I have him at twenty-two. Twenty-two. I'm yeah. sorry, twenty-two overall. He doesn't RB2. suck, Greg. He's RB two. He doesn't suck. You know what's funny? Eat the, your words, Greggy. The running backs that are just just past him: Isaiah Crowell, Austin Eckler, and Deion Lewis. Why do you say Austin Eckler like that? It's what I do. It's like Lamar Miller. It's what I do. It's just like Lamar Austin Miller. Austin Eckler. Austin Eckler. You're really uh, showing your stripes there, Greg. Austin Eckler. Yeah, Austin Eckler. <laughs> I don't, I don't know what what else about. do you have on last night? Demarius Thomas. I, don't know, I didn't watch the game, so I have nothing. Well, did you, did you at least look, like, look at the box score? Yeah. I was following along on my phone. Why didn't you watch any of it? Why would I? Monday Night Raw was much better than... Uh, so, I didn't watch... Uh, true story about Raw. So, we, I had dinner pretty late. Like, Judy got home from work late. Um, so we didn't like start cooking dinner. We made like um, like a chicken orzo kale thing. It was delicious, oh, but it was very intensive. It was very intensive. Yeah. It was like an hour. Too to many make. like healthy Steps. words in there. I can't. No the chicken. No, I like chicken. Okay. The chicken part is great. What's on the orzo? It's like, yeah. it's, like it's like it's like I pasta. I know it's like rice pasta. Yeah, yeah. there's butter. Yeah. All right. So anyway, the only word you didn't like in there was kale. But anyway, <laughs> it took a while to make, so we didn't like finish until like. Like a quarter to ten. There's a recall on lettuce, Greg. I know romaine lettuce. That's not yeah, kale. it's my dream come true. I know. So Let's just recall all lettuce. So then it's about like ten o'clock almost, and then we wanted to watch HBC from last night, the most intense episode I've ever seen. Holiday making championship. Oh, oh, oh. yeah. Oh. I didn't know that there was a uh, acronym acronym for uh, Hollywood so, baking championship. Uh, holiday, not Hollywood. Holiday, yeah. holiday baking championship. Yeah. So it was very, it was Sorry. a very intense episode. <laughs> Uh, I've never seen the judges be so ruthless. It was awesome. Um, so then we were at the point where it's now like 10.30. It was like, all right, Judy, here are the options. You could either go to bed. <laughs> and at least I, you gave her the option. And I watch right? Monday Night Raw. Or you can watch the Kardashians, and I'll go watch Monday Night Raw in the other room. Or we can watch this show I wanted to watch on Showtime called Escape at Denimora, which is about a prison escape. Yeah. 
Football was never an option. It was Titans-Texans. I had no, both of us had no fantasy implications on the line. Yeah, but like Corey Davis played well. That was fun to watch. Both of us had no fantasy implications on the line whatsoever. None. Yeah, but like, so we chose, Sean Watson's fun to watch. So we chose to watch Escape, Escape of Danamora, which was very, she was creeped out by it. She wasn't creeped out by anything. So that was really good. Um, and well, then you just watched the haunting uh, a house on Haunting Hill. Yeah, you told me about that. I, I, I don't like scary things. Oh come on! So then it's like eleven thirty. Now it's like eleven thirty ish. Eleven, really like eleven forty. She goes to bed, and I start watching Monday Night Raw at eleven fifty. I finish the three hour show at twelve ten. Wow, that's impressive. Yeah, you stay up late. Yeah, I do. I stayed up too late last night. Too. How did you go to bed? I was. Uh, the thing is, I go to bed, but then I like. And this is really bad. Like, you shouldn't do it. And I know you shouldn't do it. But I just, like, read articles for, like, an hour in bed. Like, right before that. I go to sleep. I go, I go right to sleep. I'm sure I go right to sleep. I go to bed. But, I mean, uh, yeah, listen. So I didn't actually go to sleep till like, 1. Listen, 12.10 is, is late. I'd like to go to bed in the 11 o'clock hour. When I hit the 12, I get annoyed. Um, <laughs> Grandpa Greggy. But the point, point being, point being, it all circles back to the Monday Night Raw. You said Monday Night Raw couldn't be worse than this game. Mm-hmm. So the... Uh, I read two reviews of Monday Night Raw. I read one review. This and a buddy, game is actually pretty entertaining. And a buddy texted me another review of Monday Night Raw. They said it was the worst episode they've ever seen in their lives. It was horrible. All right. Horrible. I was right. Yeah, you were. So you should have, you know, you should have watched me lose. Remember, remember yesterday when I brought up? Watch a little basketball. I was, uh, I, was, I was up 30. I had Corey Davis against Watson, DeAndre Hopkins, and the Texans defense. I didn't realize he had the Texans defense. I lost by four points, Greg. I lost by four awful. points. Corey Davis gives me that touchdown, and I'm freaking out because I go up by, like, 10 points. I'm like, all right, I got this locked up. It's like a quarter left, but, like, the Texans have it in the bag. I'm like, Deshaun Watson goes and, like, runs for 50 yards. He has a career-high rushing performance, 71 yards rushing in this game, and then throws a meaningless touchdown. Like, the Texans didn't need any of that. That whole 50-yard run and that touchdown. Then I end up losing by four points because, like, Eric Henry fumbles at the end of the game. It's funny. It's like you got to take the good and the bad with fantasy, man. But like that one just sucked because it was just such a roller coaster that like it went back and forth between like a thirty-minute span where I was up with the Corey Davis touchdown. I felt so great. I was up ten points, and then Deshaun Watson just mm, puts it in my eye. It's funny because Judy was following along a, a different matchup in her league where the second-place team was playing the third-place team. And she really wanted to move up to third place. I told her it doesn't matter if you're in third or fourth. Like, what's the difference? But, you know, she's still learning. So she wants to move up to third place. So she's following this matchup. You should want to finish as high as you possibly could. What's the difference between third and fourth? Who cares? No, it doesn't. It definitely can matter. Well, it just like, it'll, it'll, it'll determine who you right. But, ulti- but ultimately, or not. I understand that. But ultimately, you want to match up with whoever act like Mr. Big Shot here. I'm, I'm in fourth place. I don't really care. I, I want to get third because <laughs> I think the sixth seed is just weaker than the fifth seed. In my so life. you don't play in a league with Judy yet? Like no. against her? No. Will you ever do that? Maybe one day. But the point being, she was watching his team, and this team was without Gurley this week. And they had, last night, Deshaun Watson and uh, Kiki QT. Mm. And because of that monster run at the end, they won by, like, 0.5 points. And, like, Judy's never seen that before. Like, literally, like, 151.8 to 151.3. And she's like, oh, my God. I'm like, yeah, it's awesome. How many people went into last night up like 20 points against Lamar Miller and they're like, I got this in the bag? Yeah. How many people went up? When you think you how know, many people Greggy, went into the game down 20 points with the shot with DeAndre Hopkins? And I tell you, they put up 34 points. You'd be like, I got that in the bag. Yep. Didn't happen. And he had his uh, he had his touchdown streak snapped in this one. Marius Thomas, the invisible man, 
from, from weeks past. Two touchdowns for Demarius. And QT does nothing. Yeah, and he, he re-injured his hamstring, too, which yeah, is just an, it's an ongoing problem for him. It's frustrating. Yep. Donu Smith, though. Donu Smith. I mean, we're going to talk about tight ends today. Tight end is a crapshoot. We know that all season long. It's like, if you don't own Ertz, Kelsey, Gronk look good this week, or like Eric Ebron, because obviously now Jack Doyle has landed on the IR. It's like, who are you starting at tight end? I have Trey Burton in the league, and up until about three, four weeks ago, like he was serviceable, but he's been terrible. Trey Burton's been terrible, man. So it's like, I'm trying to find tight ends now too. And, and you know, Donu Smith now, um, I know he didn't have the touchdown last week. He had the, uh, the PPR performance where I believe he had six for 40. So that's, you know, 10, 10 points in a PPR from your tight end. And then has a touchdown in three of his last four games, had the long touchdown yesterday. I know the targets aren't there. It's kind of fluky, but he's scoring. So you're looking for a tight end that's scoring. Jonu Smith is scoring, and they face the Jets this week. So I think Jonu Smith is kind of one of these tight end streamers. I agree. He's one, he's one of these guys where he's not really doing anything else but scoring, but that's all you need. We say it every week, week in, week out. Mm-hmm. Jonu Smith, certainly a, an option for you at tight end. As is going back to the Chris Herndon role, uh, Chris Herndon well as well. He had a career high in targets and receptions this past Sunday. Yeah, the problem with Chris Herndon is that the Titans have actually been really, really strong against tight ends this yeah. year. I mentioned the matchup a few weeks ago where they haven't allowed a single touchdown to a tight end all season long, and they were going up against the Colts, who have the most touchdowns scored by tight ends this season. And the Colts didn't score a touchdown with a tight end in that game. So, uh, advantage Titans. They just keep getting it done against tight ends. So, Chris Herndon, while he's getting the targets, uh, seems to be a mainstay in the offense now. Whether it's Josh McCown or Darnold, I, I believe they've already said that Josh McCown's going to start again this week. Uh, but I would actually, I would rank John U. Smith and even Uzama ahead of Chris Herndon. I know that Jeff Driscoll is the quarterback there, but that doesn't really mean anything to me. Like, you know, if you're a backup quarterback, you might even lean a little bit more on the tight end. CJ Uzama just had 13 targets. So give me the targets and what's likely the better matchup because uh, against the Titans for Chris Herndon, that's honestly the worst matchup you could have as a tight end. Yeah, yeah fair enough. So Chris Herndon, not the option you want this week. CJ Uzama, who are they facing? Who do we got? Who do we got for the Bengals this week? I don't know. I don't, I don't have Cincinnati on my list anywhere this week. All right. Sorry. Pull it up for you. Uh, I'm sorry. But you can talk about something else in the meantime. Yeah, the other tight end I have on my list because I can't, I, I can't quit it. It's Denver, where Jeff Hireman is <laughs> out for the year. So we go with former New York Giant Matt Lacoste. Yeah. When I saw this name on here. Wear that, Laco- wear that Lacoste shirt. Uh, yeah. Uh, I don't what? Know. I mean, it's, very, touchdown this past it's, week. it's hard to replace the, can you take me higher, man? And it's probably the last time you're going to hear that on the show this season because he's yeah. landed on the IR. So that opens up the opportunity for Lacoste, but uh, I'm not really, not really digging that, Greg. How do you uh, think he wears Lacoste? The Bengals are facing the Denver Broncos this week. So, yeah, Vance McDonald should have scored a touchdown last week for the Steelers against yeah. the Broncos. Just dropped it, yeah. I like uh I like Uzama. I would probably rank it Uzama, Johnu Smith, Chris Herndon. It's funny we still because the, the thirteen targets. You know, thirteen targets. Yeah. tight end's crazy. Yeah, it's a lot, a lot of targets. Jeff Driscoll using that tight end. Of course, he's the new starting quarterback for the Cincinnati Bengals. Any interest in picking up Jeff Driscoll? So I have a few quarterbacks listed here, just as like super flex guys. Where obviously in a one quarterback league, you know, you have absolutely no interest in these guys. But like. Things are happening. Andy Dalton lands on the IR. Blake Bortles was benched yesterday. So we have, we have quarterbacks becoming available. And again, you're not going to use these guys in a one-quarterback league, but in Superflex or two QB leagues, 
You know, Josh Allen, we should mention him. I mean, rushed for 99 yards again. He's going to be inconsistent. Colt McCoy, uh, you know, I mentioned when Colt McCoy became the starter because of the injury to Alex Smith that he's going to take more chances, and we've certainly seen that. Alex Smith, one of the most conservative quarterbacks in the league, Colt McCoy does throw for three interceptions, but also throws for two touchdowns. He's more likely to throw into tighter windows, which helps the weapons, and, and we'll get into that a little bit later on. But Jeff Driscoll and Cody Kessler both come in here as, all right, not the most sexy names in the world by any means, but if you're if you're stuck in a super flex league, if you had Blake Bortles or you had Andy Dalton, um, you know, I would look at Josh Allen and Colt McCoy first, but Jeff Driscoll and, and Cody Kessler, just because they're quarterbacks with a starting job, you don't look at those guys in super flex or two QB leagues, Nothing more than that. Okay, so nothing more than that uh, for a guy like Jeff Driscoll. We'll we'll come back. Some of the other quarterbacks, Frank, we were just mentioning. We're going to Lamar Jackson again and and talk about his performance. Jameis Winston. Some of the names that are on the top of the list last week are back on the top of the list this week. And then we'll get into the fun stuff, the running backs, the wide receivers, how much you're spending, how important it is to get certain guys. And uh, Frank and I have a bit of a disagreement or a debate. We'll talk about it when we come back. That and more. Fantasy Best Friends Forever. Fantasy Sports Radio Network. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Back with you, Fantasy Best Friends Forever, Fantasy Sports Radio Network, Frank Stample, Greg Sussman with you. Let's quickly wrap up with the quarterbacks, Frank. You know, everybody's back, right? Everybody's back. And if oh, you five are, weeks are over, great. fighting for the playoffs, you can't be starting any of these guys, right? Like, that's probably not a thing, I'd assume. Why, why not? If you were stacked everywhere else, but you were just kind of streaming quarterbacks all year, and now you get to this point, you know, if you were the guy streaming Winston and Fitzmagic or... You know, if you had Andy Dalton in your lineup for whatever reason, then yeah, you might have guys like Lamar Jackson or, or Baker Mayfield in your lineup. I could see that as a possibility. Okay, so which who would you want to start this week? Baker Mayfield, Jameis Winston, Lamar Jackson. Which of those guys are you starting? Well, I still do trust Jameis Winston the most, just based on the volume. Matchup too? He faced the Carolina Panthers, and we just saw what Russell Wilson and the Seahawks did. Uh, you asked me yesterday, you know, what's going on with the Panthers? Why, why do they keep losing games? It's, you know, the defense hasn't helped them out much. Uh, especially, you know, we just saw Russell Wilson throw for multiple touchdowns. Uh, I know Stafford and the Lions, they didn't put up a ton of points in that game, but then the week before that, it was the Pittsburgh Steelers where, you know, they they dropped a 50-burger on the Carolina Panthers. So their defense has not been great. The volume is always going to be there for Jameis Winston. The game is in Tampa Bay, but I still do expect them to be trailing in this game. I haven't uh, haven't looked at the spreads yet. I'll pull those up uh, to see what Vegas expects for this game. But just based on the volume and the opportunity and the fact that the Panthers' defense is not playing that well, uh, I'll always uh, always lean Jameis over these guys. Uh, but it's close when you're talking about like Lamar Jackson versus Baker Mayfield. Okay, yeah, I, I think it is tough. But what's interesting about Lamar Jackson, and as I understand, he had 71 rushing yards in this one. But it seemed like he was more apt to pass or take chances with his arm. That the game plan was very very different than we saw two weeks ago. Yeah, especially in the first half, and, and I was tweeting about it. It was it was very uh, 
it was very odd to me that um, I believe, you know, he had like something like 20 passing attempts in the first half, but they only had 10 total rushing attempts. Mind you, only two of those were Lamar Jackson in the first half, and I believe eight of them were for Gus Edwards. So it, it seems like they were making a concerted effort to not get Lamar Jackson killed, which is exactly what we spoke about a week ago. So they tried to shore those things up a little bit, but for a guy like Lamar Jackson, he has to be able to make plays with his legs, but you have to be smart about how he makes those plays with those legs. Have him run out of bounds. You know, the only problem that we had with Lamar Jackson running as much as he did, you know, the 27 rushing attempts two weeks ago, was the fact that he was getting killed every time he was touching the ball. Yep. So, I mean, yeah, you could give him 10 to 15 rushing attempts and you could have some of these designed runs, but you just have to be smart about how you do it. So, I thought that they tried to make a concerted effort for him to stay in the pocket and, and try and get things done with his arm. But ultimately, when the Ravens were able to take off in that game, was when they started to mix up the offense, let him run a little bit, and let Gus Edwards run yep. a little bit. So um, I, I applaud them for trying to see what he could do with his arm, but he also threw, uh, he threw a few more interceptions here. So um, Lamar Jackson is still very raw as a passer, and that's, that's exactly what we expected. Um, I, would expect, I would expect him to, to be in that category for, you know, you, you want him more for his rushing potential than you, than you want him for his arm, obviously. Absolutely. And you and face the Falcons. This week. It, it should be a big Lamar Jackson game. Yeah. It should be a big Lamar Jackson game. But I'll say this. Baker Mayfield's also been really good as of late and really consistent as of late as well. They're running the ball, but they're also trusting their, their, their quarterback. I think it's awesome between those guys. If I had to choose, I'll, give me the matchup. Give me the matchup with Lamar Jackson. And I know it's I'm close. Okay with that. I'm Baker, okay with Baker that. Mayfield, you know, he's thrown multiple touchdowns in, I believe, five straight games now. And... Uh, I know PFF had an awesome tweet about this, a graphic involving uh, pretty much every single week over the past four weeks. He's improved like his, his fantasy production and his passing touchdown totals. Yep. So he's getting better. He threw it for four touchdowns last week. We have to remember, that was against the Bengals. We just saw the Texans' defense and what they did to uh, Tennessee last night and the Titans. I know that the Titans' offense is not a juggernaut by any means, but we're not putting the Browns in the, in the conversation of juggernaut either. Certainly not. So uh, I, I think it's a little bit of a tougher matchup for, for Baker here, but I, I do think he's safe. I think he's proven now that he, he's safe for at least multiple touchdowns. So, again, I, I like him. Just give me the matchup for Lamar Jackson. I think uh, we might see a little bit more back and forth here between the Falcons and the Ravens. They might have to put up some more points. And just that rushing floor that he gives you every single week. It's close, but I'll take Lamar Jackson over Baker. Okay, fair enough. Now, any other quarterbacks you want to get into? You want to just jump into the running backs and wide receivers? Do I have anyone else here listed? Uh, Dak Prescott just against the New Orleans Saints. Dak has been great since, uh, since Amari Cooper has come over. He's Dak been great been, for fantasy. Dak players. has been absolutely fantastic. In fact, he has rushed for a touchdown in four of his last five games, including the last three. So even though he's not running a huge volume, inside that red zone, and in particularly inside that 10, he's using his legs. Dak has been awesome since Amari Cooper got there. Yeah, he has. Uh, but I know the Saints, you know, credit to the Saints defense. They've been a lot better as well. This isn't just the same defense that. It's better. And, and you, might, you might have that vision that, oh, you start all your wide receivers, you start every quarterback against the, against the New Orleans Saints. I mean, how did that work out for Matt Ryan last week? Matt Ryan was not great. I know he fumbled a few times inside the red zone, but uh, the Saints defense over the last month or so are 20th in fantasy points allowed to quarterbacks. So they're actually. Uh, closer to being one of the better teams in the league over the past month against quarterbacks than not. But uh, Dak Prescott, I'm buying in, uh, especially with Amari Cooper playing as well as he has, had a monster game against Washington on Thanksgiving. So just thought I would throw Dak Prescott out there as well. I know he's owned in a 
large number of uh, of leagues now. He's over like seventy five percent. Dak's over seventy five percent. Oh my yeah, god! Yeah, yeah. I didn't even realize. Yeah, that people line. are buying it to Dak, man. There's a lot of cowboy fans out there, Greg. You're right. I didn't. Know How about that. them cowboys? I did not realize that when I uh, when I put that in the. I want to look up the uh, the total between the Ravens and the Falcons. Forty nine points. Wow, interesting. This game is basically a pick 'em right now, Greg, between the Falcons and the Ravens, and that's with the odds makers knowing that it's likely Lamar Jackson this week. In Atlanta, inside the dome, on the fast track, forty-nine total there, and then you get the Brownies, who they don't have a total right now, but uh, the Texans are favored at six and a half at home, which I think that spread makes sense. Okay, the way the Texans are playing, I know, I know the, the Browns are playing well too, but the Texans are on an eight-game winning streak and they play play great at home. So there's no total there yet, though. Highest total of the week what do we have fifty-six for the Panthers and Bucks. 54 and a half for the Lions and Rams, and then 55 for the Raiders and Chiefs. Obviously, you know, whoever the Chiefs or the Rams play is always going to be a high total there. But yeah, those look like the, the three highest ones. As of right now, the Panthers and Bucks, highest total of the week 56 points. Bucks, three and a half point home dogs against the Panthers, Greg. Yeah, the Bucks suck. Look pretty good against the 49ers last week. 49ers, this is what we do with the Giants, man. <laughs> like, I don't understand. I know. But hey, the Panthers are on a three game losing streak. Bucks suck. Let's take points here, Greg. Let's not do that. All right. I want to get into the running backs and wide receivers, though, for real, Frank. And you did a poll a little while ago before the program asking who the number one waiver claim of the week was. Can you name those four players, please? Yeah. It is Naheem Hines, the Indianapolis Colts, Justin Jackson with the Chargers, Adam Humphreys with Tampa Bay, and Josh Doxson of Washington. Would you like to know the results? Uh, Sure. 87 votes in. Adam Humphreys, number one, 34%. Number two, Naheem Hines, 30%, but it's pretty close. And then Justin Jackson's at 24%. So, you know, there's no one that's running away with it right now. Do you have anything you'd like to add about the poll, Greg? I do, and I said this to you when you walked in here. I go, why didn't you add Carlos Hyde to the poll? Because it doesn't make sense to me that you didn't. Leonard Fournette suspended for one week. Now, he could appeal and play this week, and we'll see maybe... If that appeal process, it'll help you in the playoffs, potentially, if Carlos Hyde starts. It's a one-week thing. Justin Jackson, it's a backup. For some reason, he's included on this poll. Don't really get that one. He's back up to the backup. So, yeah, I, how, I, I was surprised you know Carlos get more work between Carlos Hyde and TJ Yeldon, Greg? Well, Carlos Hyde has a his negative, role, TJ Yeldon has his role. It's a negative game script against the Indianapolis Colts. Every game's going to be a negative game script. Yeah, the Colts are favored by four points in Jacksonville this week. But Jacksonville's offense, I believe, is going to be based around the run, which is what we've seen with Leonard Fournette in the past. I think they'll try to do the same thing with Carlos Hyde. Yeah, but the thing is, it's only for one game. Still, I don't think I'm the game plan with, will change. With, with Justin Jackson, you know he's going to get at least, I think he's going to get at least 10 touches per week. And if something were to happen to Austin Eckler, then you're looking at Justin Jackson as an RB2, RB2. as well. Mm-hmm. And anything could happen. So, just given the injury to Melvin Gordon, he's out what we suspect to be at least two weeks. It could, I think it could be closer to four weeks. I think more, yeah. Yeah, I, just, I, I want a piece of that, that, that Chargers offense. Very potent. Even this year, when Melvin Gordon was doing this thing, Austin Eckler has been in the flex discussion all season long, Greg. So I'm looking more... No, I think Justin Jackson could help you out for longer term rather than Carlos Hyde, who I think is just a one-week fix. But that one week, he can, he can help you, you know, get to the playoffs. 100%. Which is what we're talking about. And that's I think, why I think, I think he, should, more, he should have been on this list. It's more relative to context. Because sure. if you need to win this week, then Carlos Hyde's probably your guy. If you need to win this week, I'm going all in on Carlos Hyde and if you got left. If you need to win this week to get in the playoffs, every dime you have should go on Carlos Hyde. 
Yeah, I think that's fair to say. I mean, can't you say something similar about Naheem Hines, though, too? I think you can, Because yes. Marlon, Marlon Mack dealing with the concussion, yep. and Naheem Hines looked pretty good. Now, uh, now he looks, he, he looked, he's looked pretty good all season long, actually. Concussions are, are tough, right? For all we know, Marlon Mack may clear concussion protocol tomorrow. Now, it doesn't usually happen like that. Guys usually yeah. miss a week or so. Um, we'll ask Dr. Ray about it on Thursday. But... As much as I love Naeem Hines, if I know he's starting this week, I, I don't know for sure right now. I do know, I guess you could say the same thing if Leonard Fournette appeal, appeals. I mean, look, why would, why would the league rescind this suspension? They won't. I mean, he could play through the appeal process, but right. I'm pretty sure the appeal is going to... I thought I already read somewhere that it's going to happen this week. Like, the appeal is going to happen. Oh, the process is... Okay. Yeah. So it'll be this week. So then the other thing is, with Jacksonville out of it, right? Jacksonville obviously eliminated. They're, they're not going anywhere. They're building a culture, right? Is it possible that they don't want to... I don't know. Uh, Leonard Fournette's been banged up all year. They want to make sure he's healthy going into the offseason. Like, see what they have in Carlos Hyde? Not see what they have, but yeah. don't want to injure their franchise cornerstone. Is that possible? Camera? Wide camera, please? Wide camera? Greg, here's what you're doing. Wide camera? See what I'm doing right here? You're grasping at straws? I'm trying. I'm reaching for you, Greg. Yeah. I'm reaching. I'm reaching hard. Yeah. Ah, uh, we just... We're almost uh, there. Yeah. We just can't get it done. Uh. I think you're reaching a bit. All right. I think you're reaching a little bit here. Okay. I thought about that too. Like the thought crossed my mind. Like, oh, maybe you know Leonard Fournette, the disciplined Tom Coughlin, being the disciplinarian he is in the front office, whatever. Like, tells the team, like, you know, let's discipline Leonard Fournette ourselves and not use him as much on the stretch. But I don't know. When you invest, when you invest as high of a draft pick in Fournette as you do, and he's finally healthy, I think outside of suspension games, if he's healthy, he's he's gonna play. He's gonna be the workhorse. Okay, so there you go. So, not, Frankie, not all that interested in Carlos Hyde going forward. This, yeah. week, this week's like one this thing. Week. Yeah, this week's one He's going to be in the flex discussion, but I, this game is undoubtedly going to be a negative game script. It's just a matter of how far into the game, like, is it like 14 zip in the first quarter? Because then if that's the case, then we probably get a lot of yelled at. But if it's, all right, if it's like 14-7 at the half and they're like kind of hanging around, then they probably want to establish the run and keep Andrew Luck off the field. And the guy to do that would be Carlos Hyde, so... It's going to be very game flow dependent within the game, and you're not going to know that going in unless you just think that the, uh, the Colts are going to cream them. Then, then you probably lean in, uh, in Yeldon's camp. Okay. So all in on Naheem Hines then? All in on Naheem. Definitely if you're the Marlon Mack owner. Like, I sure, don't, you should I don't, probably yeah. own him by now. But yeah, yeah, I mean, you should have. And we, we've been banging the table telling you to get your handcuffs for however long now, but 43% owned is Naheem Hines. TJ Yeldon, 74% owned, so likely not available in your league. But then Carlos Hyde, 38%. So Hyde and Hines are in the same camp. If I'm a Marlon Mack owner, I'm going to be the most aggressive on Naheem Hines. If it's just in a vacuum and I need to win this week, uh, I'll go with Carlos Hyde. I think he's 1A. I think Naheem Hines is 1B. Um, and then if you're just thinking about like the long term or if you're like an Eckler and a Melvin Gordon owner, then I'm looking at Justin Jackson. There's like there's a lot of context going into like which running back you want to try and get this week. But ultimately, if you just need to win, I think Carlos Hyde is one A and then Naheem Hines is one B. Okay. Well going forward, you'll that's different. That's separated. Yeah, like if I've already locked up the playoffs and maybe I'm just looking like the final couple of weeks of the season, the three to four weeks. Probably leaning with Justin Jackson. You're leaning with Justin Jackson. Now, Frank is a bit higher on Justin Jackson than I am. To me, I believe it's going to be Austin Eckler and all, all Austin Eckler. Maybe that's, that's silly yeah, I mean, because we haven't seen it be all Austin Eckler before. Right. They want to use a bigger back at some point. That's what Justin Jackson is. Well, look, it's worth mentioning that in that game where 
the London game where Melvin Gordon missed yep. against the Tennessee Titans, Austin Eckler did play 92% of the snaps. But okay. I, I, I'd have to look into it. I don't know if Justin Jackson was like a healthy scratch. Was he even on the team? Um, you know, did he get any snaps in that game? I don't. I just it's also that, earlier. I don't know that it's Austin, also earlier in the season. He's not yeah. as worn down. I don't know that Eckler is like the guy that's like built to touch the ball 20 times a game. He's right. kind of like a smaller like. He's like a stocky dude, but I don't know. I think he's more of like the, all right, we'll give him 15, 16 touches. He'll get his, you know, 10 to 12 carries and his, whatever, five, six targets, whatever it might be. He'll be in, you know, he'll be in the mid to high teens for touches. But then I do think, just because when Melvin Gordon was doing everything that he was doing, Austin Eckler was still getting touches as well throughout the season. So Austin Eckler kind of steps up to that Melvin Gordon role and Justin Jackson steps into that Austin Eckler role and Eckler has been in the flex discussion all year. So that's kind of how I'm looking at Justin Jackson. Okay, Justin Jackson, you prefer him long-term to any of these guys because he may have, even if it's a complimentary role, a role going forward. Justin Jackson, the guy that Frank really likes this week. Would you rather have, not this week, going forward, would you rather have Justin Jackson or Rex Burkhead? And that, was a, that was a question that I asked uh, earlier this morning to you, where Rex Burkhead officially activated off of injured reserve yesterday. He could be active on the game roster as soon as this Sunday. But if he does anything, he becomes much more expensive, obviously, in the weeks ahead. What do you think Rex Burkhead's role will be going forward if he has one? Greg, we're right back to uh, the Bellatrix, right? Like, we, we can try... I, I, I always hate when people say Bellatrix. It never does it for me. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of cool. Uh, I enjoy it. I hated it. You're out? Yeah. Yeah, well, you kind of hate everything. No, no not true. I like fun stuff. Like, uh, I, like, I like the name Kendrick Bourne. Is that that fun, though? Yeah. Like, I just kind of proved to myself this past week it's not that fun. Well, you like, played I tried it. It wasn't that fun. But, yeah. But name. The, the Bellatrix? You know, you know, well, well, we're back. You know who says that? Jake Seeley says that. Not cool. I didn't say it. You did. Uh, <laughs> when it comes to Rex Burkhead... Look, we can try our best to make a prediction here, but really, like, nobody knows. I don't even think Bill Belichick knows right now. Um, I'll take Justin Jackson just because he's one of two, whereas Rex Burkett is one of three. Sure. You can argue that the Patriots is, like, more potent offense than the Chargers, but, like, at this point, is it? Like, right. The Chargers offense is really good as well, so I'll take Justin Jackson just because he's one of two, and we know that Melvin Gordon's going to miss anywhere from two to four weeks. Um, Burkhead, I will say Burkhead has the higher upside of the two because... He can, he, he can take on that Deion Lewis role where we saw it down the stretch last year. When Deion Lewis was on the field, what we can't constantly say about Deion Lewis when he was with the Patriots was when he's on the field, you don't know whether the Patriots are going to run or pass, and they love that deceptiveness. So when Sony Michelle's on the field, you kind of have a good feeling that they're going to run. When James White is on the field, you kind of have a good feeling that they're going to pass. Rex Burkhead, he's the closest running back that they've had to like that Deion Lewis role where when he's on the field, you don't know whether they're going to run or pass because he's kind of like that Swiss Army knife. He can carry the ball. He can catch the ball out of the backfield. He's good in pass protection. He's kind of like that, you know, prototypical, just another, like, white player that kind of, like, fits into, like, the New England Patriots' offensive scheme of things. So, with all that being said, um, if I had to choose one, I would take Justin Jackson just because he's one of two. But Burkhead, I do think, is worth mentioning. He's on this list as well. He's one of four running backs. Um, if you're looking down the stretch... You don't need a guy just for this week. I think he's kind of in that Justin Jackson role. I like Burkhead. I like Justin Jackson a little bit more. When we come back, we'll list any other running backs you need to know about, and then we'll get into the wide receivers, which they're not very fun either. So stick around. There's a lot more coming your way. Fantasy Best Friends Forever, Fantasy Sports Radio Network.
If you're someone that needs fantasy sports advice every day, the Fantasy Sports Radio Network has you covered. When you download the FNTSY Sports Radio Network app, you get the top fantasy advice every single day right through the weekend. Be sure to listen to our weekend warriors like College Football Today. Welcome to College Football Today Weekend Fantasy Update. They call me the fantasy Jesus. In this league, it is never short of exciting at ITL. And so much more. Download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app in the iTunes and Google Play Store now and keep the best fantasy experts right in your pocket all day long and all week long. I just want to remind you that the entire Lamar Miller sucks bit came from me last year loving Lamar Miller. And Corey kept trying to tell me he sucks. <laughs> and eventually I, I bought in. I bought in. Bought in at the wrong time, Greg. I just didn't buy back in. Top 24 running back, man. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. An RB2 better than you. He's better than me. Much better than us, Frank. <laughs> but who's better than us, really? Eh, who's better than us? Probably nobody. Exactly. Not probably. Definitely. All right. Any other running backs, Frank, on the waiver wire this week you're picking up? No, I think we kind of hit on it. I know uh, some people in the chat are talking about Chris Thompson. Are we, eh, are we really going to do the Chris Thompson thing again, guys? Like, the guy's been in and out of the lineup all year. Washington's offensive line is completely banged up. Like, what is, like, what are you hoping for with Chris Thompson? That he could become like Jalen Richard at this point? The guy can't stay healthy. He's an extremely talented, explosive player when he is healthy, but that hasn't been the case all season long. Uh, Adrian Peterson, Capri Bibbs also there. Like, I'll mention Chris Thompson's name. Like, look, if you're playing a 14-team PPR with like deep benches, like, okay, deeper leagues, all right. But in your standard 12-team, like, I'll take everybody that we've mentioned today over Chris Thompson. I and totally that's, agree. That's a, that's a bow on the running backs. I totally agree that. Agree with that. Consider the running backs completed. Wide receivers, Frank. There's nothing really new out here. There's nothing that all of a sudden we're just like, you got to go out and get this guy. I don't think he exists. I know one name that's been on my list is Josh Doxson. I picked him up a couple of weeks ago when I was desperate for a starting spot. And Doxson's been good. Last week now against Colt, with Colt McCoy at quarterback, uh, season high in yards, receptions, targets, all across the board. Mm-hmm. Uh, he did it. And it looks like Colt McCoy is willing to go down the field a little bit more. And if that's the case, better for Jordan Reed, better for Josh Doxson. So I do like Josh Doxson. But, like, am I saying you have to go out and get Josh Dawson? You must go out and get Josh Dawson? No. I'm pretty excited about Josh Dawson. Yeah, really? Specifically for this matchup against the Eagles, man. The Eagles' secondary is completely, you know, ravaged by injury. And I know, you know, Odell Beckham didn't have the monster game that we were all hoping that he would have, but it's a good matchup. The Eagles have given up fantasy points to wide receivers all season long. Uh, They're extremely injured. And per our friend of the program, Greg, Ray Summerlin with Roto World, um... I was listening to the Road World podcast on the way in today. Of Colt McCoy's 50 pass attempts this season, 15 of them have gone towards Josh Doxson. That's a 30% target share, Greg. That's a massive number. So I'm pretty excited about Josh Doxson. Back-to-back games with at least seven targets. He had 10 targets on Thanksgiving against the Cowboys. Great matchup against the, against the Philadelphia Eagles. I play in a standard league, Greg, where you have to start three wide receivers and two flex and two running backs. So it's a little bit of a deeper starting yep, lineup. Yep. And I'm trying to pick up Josh Doxson in that league and play him against uh, the Eagles as well. All right, so Josh Doxson, very excited for him. Is he your number one wide receiver target this week? He isn't, just because the ownership percentage is not high enough for Josh Reynolds. He's 64% owned. I think the barometer normally is like 65-70%. Like, if you're below that, people might have dropped him just because the Rams were on a a buy. buy. Mm -hmm. So go out and make sure that Josh Reynolds isn't available. 
he's not going to be Cooper Cup. He's not going to be a top 20 wide receiver, but can he be a top 36 wide receiver consistently? We just saw him score uh, in that game against the Chiefs. I mean, everybody scored in that game against the Chiefs, but you want a part of the Rams offense. This is an easy way to get exposure there. And I would also rank Adam Humphreys, Greg. I would rank Adam Humphreys ahead of Josh Doxon right now with, uh, with what he's doing. He's kind of been in and out of... Uh, the lineup in, in my home league all year long. I, I've had him some weeks. I've started him. I started him this past week. But Deshaun Jackson is dealing with a thumb injury. We don't know what his status is as of right now. That would obviously help Chris Godwin as well. But Adam Humphreys is the guy who, you know, all year long we're kind of finding out, like, all right, well, which which Bucks wide receiver besides Mike Evans is it going to be this week? Adam Humphreys has been pretty consistent. At least 50 receiving yards in five straight games. He's done it in six of his last seven. He scored four touchdowns in his last four games. He scored in back-to-back games. So Adam Humphrey is not your typical guy that you look at to score touchdowns. He's like a smaller slot receiver. But you're the slot, Greggy. And we're going up against the Carolina Panthers who have bled fantasy points to wide receivers recently. So I'm, I'm in on Adam Humphreys. I would say Reynolds, Adam Humphreys, Josh Doxson, I actually like that wide receiver group this week uh, in terms of the waiver wire. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. I, I agree. Those are the guys that you want: Humphreys, Doxson, and Josh Reynolds. But they're all names that we've spoken about before. They're not. But exactly the ownership surprising. percentage is really low, man. Adam Humphreys, twenty four percent owned. Maybe maybe those are the leagues where like people are still paying attention and like right. they're still in it. You know, it's much tougher to look at ownership percentages this time of year. Still, twenty four percent just seems a little bit too low to me. Yeah, I, I get that. I mean, uh, Josh Doxson, what do we? I mean, his is low too. Fifteen percent. I mean, there's a few other wide receivers here that we can mention Go right in deeper leagues. Curtis Samuel. Who you uh, dropped, right? I dropped. I dropped for Kendrick Bourne of the Bourne Identity. Whatever. Greg's favorite name in the world. Uh, but Curtis Samuel getting a little bit more involved in the offense. Target share still isn't necessarily there. The offense runs directly through Christian McCaffrey and even DJ Moore now. And we don't know what the status of, uh, of Devin Funches is at this point, but Curtis Samuel, a guy who's coming around a little bit, they're getting him out in space. They're using him in the rush game a little bit. They're trying to find ways to manufacture touches for Curtis Samuel. So thought it was worth mentioning him. And then Bruce Ellington, who you know has been targeted quite heavily over his last two games since uh, Marvin Jones has gone down. And Marvin Jones has uh, landed on IR. He's yep. done for the season. That came out yesterday. So this isn't like an upside play, but, but he's had at least seven targets. He's had at least six receptions in every game since Marvin Jones has gone down. So in PPR leagues specifically, maybe deeper leagues, it's worth mentioning Bruce Ellington. I agree. I picked up Bruce Ellington. And the Lions face the Rams this week, too. So. They do. They'll be, throw, they'll be throwing all game. I actually picked up Bruce Ellington uh, for this exact reason, knowing that they have the Rams coming, knowing that Marvin Jones is banged up. Listen, uh, I'm going to say this. If you're trying to make the playoffs and you're starting a guy like Bruce Ellington this week, things aren't going well for you. I mean, that's probably why you're fighting to get into the playoffs, right? It's because, you know, you got a guy like Bruce Ellington. But maybe you were Marvin Jones owner, right? And you're just scrambling, trying to find a wide receiver. You're desperate. We like the three wide receivers we mentioned earlier, Reynolds, Doxon, Humphreys. But if those guys are gone, you play in a deeper league, Bruce Ellington and Curtis Samuel are the, uh, the next two up. The last couple of pieces here of players we want you to consider picking up, you know, Trey Quinn, uh, slot guy. Playing in the slot. The year of the slot! And also he did the, uh, the Michael Scott dance yes, in the did. office. Yes, he did. Trey Quinn is a guy that comes up to my mind, and you didn't actually write him on here. Um, Ryan Switzer for Pittsburgh, also playing the slot. He had eight targets. He played 90% of the slot reps for Pittsburgh. Juju only played 10, which is a season low for Juju Smith-Schuster. It's the first time since he's been getting regular playing time that he did not finish number one in the slot for Pittsburgh. So it might have been a little bit changing the guard in the slot 
Uh, Vance McDonald, a little banged up this week. Maybe even more Ryan Switzer. Just a deep league name to keep an eye out for. I think that's a good call, Gray. I didn't know those numbers about the slot, so that's, uh, that's really interesting considering the fact that Juju had his best game of his career. That's right. Yesterday. Mm-hmm. I mean, not Sunday. yesterday, but Sunday. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So this past week, and he did it on the outside. So uh, that's, that's worth noting for Juju. I think so, too. Uh, streaming defenses this week. The Bills, we've talked about them for a while now. Buffalo faces Miami this week. And Ryan Tannehill. Miami looks a little bit better with Ryan Tannehill. A little bit so better. So I might be a little be bit better. off the Bills a little bit. I'm not. It, you know, I thought they were going to do better than they did against the Jaguars this week. Maybe, you know, maybe my expectations were just too high. Okay. So a little bit. Yeah, I'll mention, I'll mention the Rams, Greg. Go right ahead. I think, I think Aqib Tlaib is, I know he was expected to return in week 13. We'll obviously find out later. Uh, in the week, whether that's going to happen. But, I mean, he'll be a big boost to this offense. And they're already the second-highest scoring uh, fantasy defense in terms of, uh, I think, points per game. Obviously, a lot of that came in the Chiefs game where, you know, they just went crazy. But, I mean, they have, you know, a few of the biggest, the best defensive uh, players in the league in terms of playmakers and Aaron Donald, and Dominican Sue, Marcus Peters. He takes a lot of chances, but sometimes those chances pay off. And then you get a keeps lead back, too. So I think it's worth mentioning the Rams going up against the Lions, who their offensive line has not played that great. Um, you know, Stafford's been taking a lot of sacks. So I like the Rams against the Detroit Lions. If anyone dropped them because of their bye week. Okay, so there you go. The Rams, uh, a possibility against Detroit. And the city, a possibility against Oakland, the two teams that are on a bye. Uh, Danny Oakers, or, or don't Danny Otto, picked up Kansas City because they were facing Oakland. I was like, Danny, I'm so proud of you that you're playing matchups. Yeah, I like them a lot, too. They're here as a streaming defense. Uh, they also had a defensive touchdown against the Rams in that game. And their defense is, you know, it's come along. It, you know, like, the Chiefs were brutal to start the season. I know they signed a few guys. They signed a few veterans in there. Uh, they've played better. And the Oakland Raiders offense is just putrid. I know, you know, they surprisingly scored uh, some points against the Baltimore Ravens. But ultimately, on the season, they're amongst, you know, I think one of the top one of the bottom five teams in terms of offensive scoring this year. So the Chiefs against the Raiders, uh, I think that's that's worth mentioning. And then I think this team is probably owned, but the Titans against the Jets, it's like just stream anyone against the Jets right now. Totally. Or we've gotten to that point with the Jets. Totally. And green. Uh, I'm also, I have no choice. I was thinking of my brownies this week. I guess I can look at it on my way. Brownies right. against the Texans in Houston? Eh, don't well, love it, Greg. Well, should I see who else is out there, Frank? Yeah, sure. So I have, I have the Lions for next week. I'm, I'm ready to go for my playoffs. <laughs> Who do the Lions have again next week? Is, is it like Buffalo or something like that? Arizona, I think. Arizona? Yes, that, that's pretty good. They play Arizona and Buffalo the next two weeks, I think, right? Is that what I, is that what I told you? Well, after they face the Rams. Don't they, accidentally put the, the Lions playing, not playing. They face Arizona and Buffalo 14 so who's on Who's on your free agency that you can look at? Well, let's find out. I, haven't, I don't really think about let's it. Let's play the waiver wire with Greg Sussman. Uh, this week on the waiver wire, uh, we got the Broncos. Broncos face Cincinnati. That's a good one. I like that one. That's a good one. Yep. Definitely. And the Seahawks face San Francisco, so that's a good one, too. Pretty good, yeah. Is that game uh, in Seattle? It is. Solid. Very nice. Sounds a good one also. I have the Bills against Miami, Greg, in my home leagues. Would you like one of those other defenses more? The ones you just I, mentioned. The ones I just named? Ooh, the Titans are available against the Jets. Love that. You probably like the Titans more than you like the Bills, right? I do. I do. Also have the Dolphins on the other side of that game playing against the Bills. Probably not a bad call there, either. All right, so the Broncos, Seahawks. We'll try, we'll try that yeah, one. I like that Seahawks call, too, against San Francisco. It's pretty good. Yeah, so Broncos and Seattle, I'll put in Yeah, there's a lot of streaming points. defenses this week. Good week for streaming defenses. It's funny because I, don't know, like, I have no idea how much money, and this is more of a strategy question I wanted to ask you. Like, I don't know how much money to leave myself for the playoffs. I have no idea. 
Well, I know your league rules are weird. Are you actually allowed to make pickups mm-hmm. throughout the playoffs? Mm-hmm. How much money do you have left? Uh, $21. I'd, I'd put like $3 on a defense. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, is there anyone else that you're going to be aggressive I, on this week on the is, waiver wire? Carlos like Justin Jackson's of the world? or Justin Jackson and Carlos Hyde. Those are the only two guys that are out there. That I, that I, do you I, need I, Carlos Hyde this week? I'm, I'm in the playoffs. I'm locked. But yeah, I mean, I'd throw a few bucks on Justin Jackson. Six bucks, something like that. Okay. Yeah. So how much would you leave for the playoffs, though? So if you had 21 and you drop like eight, leave like 12 yeah. to 15, something I want, like I that. I wanted to leave playoffs? like 10 bucks in the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, goal. I think that's fine. Okay. That's cool. a good idea. I, I only have $3 left in my home league, so I'm just kind of like, spending right, it all. what do I do? I'll probably spend like a dollar on a defense this week, and then, as you know, Greg, I'm making the playoffs despite like not really wanting to make the playoffs. It's the weirdest fantasy season I've ever played. It, my home league, Keeper League... There's teams that have made playoffs and like there's like these dynamo super oh, teams and I am not one of them. Flex. There we go. I have the second fewest points scored in this league and I'm like the five seed right now. Just really weird. Do I want to make the playoffs? It's weird season, Greg. Hmm. This is interesting. Uh. I'm sorry, I'm reading Jake's playoff flex email. Uh. Okay. Just stop reading. Anything that, that anything that I should know? Six teams make the playoffs. All right, so I think I'm third and you're fourth. Thanks, so, yeah. Let's go. Holding it down. Boom! I feel like Adam Cole. Baby. Boom. Boom. Is that something he does now? He's been doing that for a while. I haven't watched in a long time. Jesus, man. Um, all right. Uh, last few things of the program. You know what? Let's sign off YouTube now. I want to sign off YouTube. We'll say goodbye to everybody watching. Coming up next, Fantasy Football Frenzy, Corey Parson, Jim Day, and the closer. Chris Venture will have you covered to get out their game balls as they do each and every Tuesday, so make sure you are stay tuned for that. We, of course, go live each and every day, Monday through Friday at noon Eastern. Subscribe to our podcast so you don't listen live. Uh, rate us, like us, and give us five stars, and leave a comment. And if you're listening live on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network, we go for another four and a half minutes. All right, Frankie, Blake Bortles, benched for Cody Kessler. What are we doing? Nathaniel Hackett. Fired! You're fired! Someone's got to be the scapegoat, right? As we mentioned. Always. Not necessarily Nathaniel Hackett's fault. Uh, Probably, you know, that guy who got benched. Probably a little bit of his fault, too. And uh, Blake Bortles. Probably a little bit of Doug Marone's fault as well. We'll go with Cody Kessler here, which I don't think that they're ever going to... They're they're not going to be an offense that passes all that much. But in terms of for their weapons, I think Cody Kessler being there probably helps. But... Honestly, you're not starting Dante Moncrief anyway. You're not starting uh, G.D. Westbrook. I, I, I just don't see how the offense could be a lot worse with Cody Kessler than with Blake Bortles. So we'll see what happens. But probably a lot of uh, probably just a lot of running the football. More of the same from the Jacksonville Jaguars. Okay, so that's Doug Marone. You also had Tom Coughlin actually come out today and say, "We, you know, I don't regret anything we did in the off season because we were one bad call away resigning we, Blake Bortles. Come on, we are one bad call away from the from the Super Bowl, so we have to go for it. But you know, obviously, they have to reevaluate things. Clearly, Jeff Driscoll, new starting quarterback in Cincinnati with Andy Dalton done for the year. I cannot believe Jeff Driscoll." Um, He's a starting quarterback in the NFL. I remember him at Florida. He had a good freshman year. Then wound up like going transferring to like Louisiana State or Louisiana Tech or something like that. <laughs> it was very strange. Um, right, you're doing his research is, on Big Jeff. And, and here he is, Jeff Driscoll now starting. You know who their backup quarterback is, though? Uh, is it Bruce Gradkowski? No. <laughs> Two more guesses. Uh, oh, it's, uh, it's uh, Tom Savage. Tom Savage, once again, a backup quarterback, leaves San Francisco and heads over to Cincinnati. 
Oh, man. Tom Savage, the same quarterback that started over Deshaun Watson last Never year. Forget it. Never, forget never forget it. Never forget it. never forget. Bill O'Brien, the great offensive mind that he is. Jeff Driscoll. Threw a touchdown to Tyler Boyd last week. Uh, look, Jeff Driscoll, you're not expecting much here. Just get the ball to your best players, Jeff. That's How all upset? you need to do. How get upset? the ball to Tyler Boyd, to A.J. Green, and to C.J. Uzama because obviously we need tight ends. And you know what, Greg? I looked into target share this Sunday with Joe Mixon. He got seven of seven targets this year, but only has like 13% of the target share on the season. In my mind, Joe Mixon should be one of these Todd Gurley, Melvin Gordon, the way that like, they're using the pass game. That's how Joe Mixon should be used. That's part of the reason, reason why... like. Marvin Lewis, you got to go, like, clean house. We need, like, all new minds in here. So, to, so get the most out of your weapons in Cincinnati because Joe Mixon should be utilized more in the pass game, in my opinion. Now, I do want to I, I mention that um, Jack Doyle, out for the season. He was placed on IR yesterday, which is good for Eric Ebron. He'll get back in the saddle. He's been, as we kept saying, a red zone threat, and that is it. Now... He'll be on the field for more than 25% of plays he was, back up to about 80 or so, which is good for him. You'll see a lot of Mo Alley-Cox as well. Uh, Eric Ebron, this is only great news for Eric Ebron. Per Evan Silva, I saw his tweet yesterday regarding this. In games that Jack Doyle did not play this year, Eric Ebron averaged 10 targets per game. So that would just be phenomenal. You know, he's, he's entrenched as a top five tight end rest of season, regardless, uh, just because of how he's going to be used. Greg, I'll raise the question to you. Yep. Does this open up? Uh, an opportunity for Mo Ali Cox because we know the Colts use two tight ends. If you're desperate, and there's a lot of tight ends out there, like I'd rather take an opportunity probably in one of the Rams tight ends Eric just for a better swoop. offense. He could be coming back off the IR. There yeah. it is. Um, I, I think I would rather take a shot on Gerald Everett or, or Tyler Higby at that point um, than Mo Ali Cox. Yeah, I see what you're saying. More potent offense, but the target share in terms of like how often Andrew Luck throws to the tight end does favor I know. the Colts. I get it. I get that. Yeah. So that's going to do it for us. Tomorrow, a brand new edition of the program. Your calls? What are we going to do on Wednesdays now? I have no idea. <laughs> we'll figure it out. We'll have a, we'll have a team meeting. It's going to be interesting, though. <laughs> Coming up next, Fantasy Football Frenzy with Corey, Jim, and Chris. I'm Frank Stanfield. My name is Greg Sussman. Thank you so much for watching and listening to the Fantasy Best Friends Forever. We'll do it all again tomorrow. We, we hope. hope.